determination to do whatever you want. A butterfly lives a full life before it dies. But a caterpillar emerges from the same cell, yet different. How'd you get this? Does that scare you? It's not inherently evil, all right? It's what we do with it that matters. That wasn't pain. That was something else. I've been where you are. Disillusioned and pissed. You can't relate to who I am. Who are you really uninterrupted? Hello. Welcome once again to A Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast. A weekly podcast on the HBO television show Lovecraft Country. I am one of your co-hosts, Phil, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, man? All right. Excellent. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? It's going well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? This is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Groovy. Excellent. All right. So for folks who are curious where they can find us and participate in the conversation, uh, well, uh, this is part of the Dark Discussions Network. Uh, That's uh, www.darkdiscussions.com. We do have a contact form, or you can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com. We do have a Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where you can join the conversation on all things genre including lovecraft country uh we are just going with dark discussions because again we're a sub podcast or a sister podcast or just part of the dark discussions network so why um create new groups and all that also we have a a twitter account dark discussion one and uh, we do have a Patreon where you can donate to uh, the network. Uh, basically, it takes a lot of money to uh, run the website and keep track of the 20 podcasts or so that, that we have on the, the network. Uh, basically, uh, anything that you donate is appreciated, uh, but you do not have to. We uh making it obviously just optional just for the fact that uh, we run in the red Um, now uh, for folks who want to know where you can find this podcast you can search anywhere podcasts are found and type in a travel guide to Lovecraft Country or you can search for Dark Discussions Podcast or you can search for Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts Uh, the Second one, Dark Discussions podcast, uh, will include this podcast as well as the various other podcasts that these co-hosts are on. And then the Dark Discussion po- Network, Dark Discussions Network of podcast feed uh, is all 20 podcasts that are in the Dark Discussions Network. Um, f- let's see. Uh, before we get into the episode tonight we're going to be discussing episode five of the the series and it's called a strange case uh today is september 15th 2020 that we're recording this uh now does anybody have uh any general hbo or lovecraft or whatever that they want to bring up before we uh get into the episode um i did want to point out that the um 
why am I blanking on his name? The lead actor for the series. Oh yeah, uh, the guy that plays Tick. Yeah, he's the guy he's, plays... he's he's going to be on some Marvel or something or DC. Yeah, he got he's gotten hired to play uh, reportedly to play Kang the Conqueror in uh, Ant Man three. Uh, mm-hmm. And if anyone knows their Marvel universe, he's a big big baddie. Um, it seems really weird to stick him in Ant Man three, and a lot of people are wondering if he might be like um, sort of like they did Thanos as a cameo at the end of Avengers and then became like the, the villain for the next eight years. Some people are wondering if that's going to be the case here um, because he's kind of on that scale. How about that? So that, this is a big role then. Uh, it could be. I mean, it could well, be. Well, they, they've this. also downplayed characters like the Mandarin. So let me ask you uh, this, Mike, uh, is this character, a lot of CGI like Thanos or is it, or, you know, more like a regular person. It's going to depend on how they choose to do it. He's not a big guy like Thanos is. He's got like a, a mask and a blue face, but I think the blue face is a mask. So you could do that through makeup. Gotcha. Huh? Interesting. All right. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was big news uh, about a week ago. Uh, I saw that too. Uh, curious when they'll, actually begin to film these things but who knows um uh, i just read an article about the next season of creep show and an author a horror author that i really like is going to have um a two episode part in that creep show one of his stories is going to be um two episodes in the next season of creep show um, who's the author name's, uh i was getting to that his name's j.a conrath oh cool yeah so i'm kind of excited for that he was one of the big um, authors who started self-publishing um, when it first started out in the early 2000s and stuff. So, And what's that have to do with Lovecraft Country? Not Lovecraft Country. You just said general stuff. <laughs> That's not true. Who are you? Get off this podcast. We're only talking love. Just kidding. All right. Sounds good. I can uh, get off. How do, you, how do you spell his last name? Ew. Conrath. K-O-N-R-A-T-H. And R-A-T-H. Yep. Okay, sounds interesting. All right, sounds good. So uh, um, any other Lovecraft-related stuff or HBO-related stuff? Anyone? All right, I guess that's it. So uh, I guess we can get into uh, discussing our... Uh, oh, you know what? Tonight. Let me. I'm sorry, HBO-related. is Because uh, I don't think I mentioned it last week. Is Raised by Wolves? Oh, yeah, Ridley Scott's new show. Right, it's the new series by Ridley Scott, uh, very much going in his, uh, well, since they don't want me to play with with robots in the Aliens universe anymore, I'm going to play with robots in my own universe kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting series so far. It is very, very uh, heavily science fiction. The idea, uh, the, it's, uh, the concept of the show is that um, it starts with two uh, androids, arriving on an alien world with a bunch of human embryos that they have to raise. And you find out that earth has been more or less destroyed from a war between a faction of, uh, of religious fanatics and atheist fanatics. And uh, yeah. And so this, the, the androids are sort of the eighth representing the atheist group. And then I think by the end of the first episode, a, a, the arc of the, religious fanatics have arrived to set up the potential future conflict. Um, they just aired, I think episode five and you know, 
I don't think I've I've spent a long time since I've seen a series like this where the um there is a single ongoing narrative and I really have no idea where they're going with this. Um and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like it's it's avoided enough clichés so far that I'm not entirely convinced as to who's going to end up being the hero and who's going to be end up being the villain. Um let alone what the the you know what the general end game is going to be. Like I don't are they going to a conflict are they going to discover something I'm, I'm really really curious where they're going with it so i didn't realize like, it was that far in yeah well already. they did they did uh what the boys did on on amazon which is the first three episodes the first week uh, two weeks ago um and then they've done one episode a week since then i think they drop on sundays so you give it a thumbs up i give it a thumbs up if you like science fiction Right, that and I and I mean like science fiction, science fiction, not Star Wars science fiction, not glam kaplow science fiction, but like maybe a Bradbury type of science fiction, or uh, you know, it, it's um, or or Asimov science fiction. It's just it's got you know it, it's got interesting ideas behind it, uh, and I'm curious where they're going. Um, so yeah, I would certainly take a look at it. Okay. Well, I think that's because because I already have. I guess that's why I would look at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, speaking of uh, Ridley Scott and and aliens and all that, uh, yesterday debuted another HBO TV series called The Third Day, uh, where two people, a man and a woman, land on a mysterious island, and uh, at different times, and it's. Put into three parts. It stars Jude Law, who's done a number of uh, HBO products, and this is the Alien um, link. Uh, Catherine Waterston, the the lead actress from Alien Covenant, is the the woman lead in the film. Is Gary Oldman in that also? Did I, see, did I see that? Uh, well, if he is, he's not listed in the the main credits. Uh, at Maybe least I don't see him here. Yeah, it's a British slash American production so that's why you, you see some other uh english uh related people such as Catherine waterston who's an english-born american actress uh as well as patty considine is in it um emily watson you know these are all yeah, i saw all, a preview for it before uh lovecraft country lovecraft country yeah me they, too yeah they showed a preview of it yeah looked interesting yeah yeah, yeah it kind of did actually uh brad pitt uh, production in it and then uh created by felix barrett and dennis kelly uh which i don't know too much about and then adrian sturgis is the the main producer um but but uh yeah it's uh september 14th it's it, it debuted and uh it's supposed to go seven six or seven episodes because uh, there's one there's there's like three episodes and there's a quote-unquote special and then there's three more episodes uh and the special is, is basically another episode. So, uh, I'll be curious to see what, what that means. Uh, it only got point or two hundred and seven thousand viewers uh, yesterday, which is it's not that good. Um, yeah, well, I, I, it hasn't been promoted. That's what I was going to say. Much. It hasn't. No. If this is the first preview I've seen. They're not promoting it much because <laughs> we've been watching Lovecraft yeah, and I don't every know week, and I haven't caught any previews for that, which is surprising. Yeah. 
And it's getting good reviews, 77% good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with over 31 critics, including mostly uh, uh, mainstream c- critics. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, I why they didn't really thing, There was a British BBC series, you said? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's Brit- British uh, produced. Okay, so it wasn't uh, something I, that was originally done done for the BBC and they just picked right, up distribution right. to it. Oh, okay. Correct. Correct. So I was thinking maybe that like yeah. if there's something they picked up cheap, then I would explain why they were promoting it. But no, I, I mean unless they're right. counting on word of mouth, um, yeah, that's unusual. Yeah, it is unusual. Yeah, Naomi Harris uh, stars in it too, another British actress. It sounds and, like um, something I'd like to see because I I found myself enjoying a lot of uh, Jude Law's movies. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I, I like him too. Um. All right, so uh, that's all I got for HBO, and Mike brought that up and stuff. So I guess we can get into our topic tonight. Uh, so uh, the episode is the fifth episode. It aired September 13th, 2020. Uh, the episode's called Strange Case, written uh, written by Misha Green, the producer, along with uh, a couple other folks, Jonathan Kidd and Sonia Winton Autumnton. Um, it got 744,000 viewers uh, during live or streaming as it was live uh which is better than last week last week was the word so far it's 630,000 um either way uh it's the second lowest in in the, the series uh for viewership um that's pretty much all I got of interest I guess we can get into uh, what we thought about the episode and so forth so uh, let's start with you Mike um, overall, I kind of surprised I li- ended up liking the episode. I was a little, uh, had some issues with it to start with, especially the way it kind of opened, um, which is seems to be a recurring theme with the series, um, that left me a little, um, confused. And, uh, I definitely had some minor plot issues or what I think were minor plot issues or story issues along the way. Uh, that some maybe will will argue or nitpicks. I just think a really good caliber series should have uh, addressed them. Um, but overall, I kind of liked the idea, and I liked it as an examination of the character of Ruby. Um, we've put uh, our three characters up on the back burner, um, although Montrose actually, I guess, did step a little bit more up front than he has in the past. Um so and I I actually think for me uh, I like this probably more than last week's episode, and this might be my second favorite of the season. You know, again, only five episodes, so it's not that hard to be number two. Um, still a big leap between this one and number one, but um, I also thought I know there were some digital effects in the makeup, but I thought the makeup was really really solid, uh, and I didn't find it you know undercut by some of the bad CGI they've had in other episodes. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I wasn't all that much of a fan of this episode. Um, the, the series is, is kind of becoming more of uh, like a anthology series, like a Twilight Zone. And similar to the re- original Twilight Zone, when every season but one were half-hour episodes, uh, these are like an hour episode and maybe 30 minutes too long. Uh, they could have got rid of all the Montrose 
and Tick Letty part and just had a 30 minute quick interesting uh episode of Twilight Zone um and and yet uh instead they 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 have an hour and and added some of these side stories that took us away from the main story um the the two lead actresses in, in this uh were were fantastic uh tonight um Newman I forget her first name who plays the alter ego of Ruby uh, uh she was absolutely uh, incredible jamie. and then that the main actress that plays yeah jamie newman and then um the actress that plays the the i guess the the main ruby yes yeah, she was excellent as well um ge- generally the, the acting was fine otherwise with the other supporting cast um the the show is definitely becoming uh very preachy um a lot of uh uh what 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 uh some folks at least on social media, say the woke checkbox. Um, they're they're definitely trying to find as many as possible, um, and and they're they're doing it. And um, there is definitely a lot of um, shots at what what we would call, uh, I guess, white folk in this episode as well, um, and so forth. So, uh, but back to the the story itself, I felt it was. Uh, uh, hour, uh, half hour too long Twilight episode, um, and and pretty much that's that was my feeling. Uh, let's go with you, Kevin. Uh, I will echo a, a bit of what Phil was saying because I noticed a lot of the woke stuff too. Um, kind of take that away, and I mean, I'm just trying to kind of collect my thoughts here. I. I well, like you, I really liked the the whole, I liked Ruby's section, be it as Ruby or as Hillary. I thought that was a very interesting, um, interesting part of the story, and I think that was really the main, main the main uh, theme for this episode. They just threw in other things that I I really wasn't sure why they were doing it. You know, I, I wasn't sure why, you know, the whole thing with Montrose, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the relevance, you know, I mean, maybe it's going to be down the line. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I didn't see the relevance to that. And, and yeah, you know, we're getting more romance with, uh, Atticus and Letty, you know, and they were kind of, we were kind of expecting that anyway. And I, I must say that right. uh, was there was one thing that I mean I, I wish I mentioned last week, but uh, there were a couple of things that I was thinking about it after we we signed off. Was one the the mark on William's chest? I have a feeling that even though no one mentioned it, I have a feeling that's going to come into play. And to uh, kind of a big reveal that happened tonight, I kind of saw it coming, but I was I was reversed on it. And we'll get to that later. Yep. All right. Very good. I know offline you, you mentioned it to me and uh, you, you you picked it out immediately. Uh, well, that was like, like three never, episodes ago. You, you never saw William and Christine in, in the same shot or in the same room. You never saw them together. And right, there's a reason right. why. And you, yes. Yeah. And, and you, you called it like, like three weeks ago when, when you were talking to me offline. Um, well done. Well done. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. 
Um, so I kind of agree with a lot of things everybody has said. Um, I liked the idea of this episode, and I really liked Ruby's part, and I think the the actress that played her when she was white did a really great job. Um, I thought they both did a really great job. I thought some of the other stuff kind of took away from um, her story a little bit, um, especially Montrose's stuff. I really could have done without that at all. Um, and the general story... I liked, it's just, like you said, it's getting a little preachy. It's, I don't know. It's, it's really being ham fisted about all of that. And I think that is bringing it down for me. Um, but I really liked the body horror. It felt kind of Cronenberg like, um, but generally the show is not keeping my interest as much as I would like. And this episode might be my second favorite just because of the concept is great but other than that yeah it's just okay i mean like mike i have a few nitpicks for it as well but um you know but we'll get to that eventually sure sure no, no, that's fair um all right so uh again we're going to spoil and critique everything because if you're listening to this podcast you obviously have already watched the show and and that's the reason why you're listening to us uh curious whether or not you the listeners feel the same way about the show that some of us feel or if you're really loving the show um you know uh we'd love to hear your your thoughts and emails uh if you hate the show i doubt you're even listening to this podcast because you're probably not even watching the show um so hopefully anything we say don't piss you off where you won't want to listen to us anymore but we're just trying to do an honest critique um and and based off of our uh our general likes in genre cinema we all are a little different um this this is uh more um not straight horror uh it's it's a mix of science fiction horror fantasy dark fantasy urban fantasy mystical realism and horror so depending on your likes, you may or may not like the show. And, and some of us, like for myself, I, I prefer a straight drama or straight horror or a combination of both and, and don't really like my mystical realism, dark fantasy stuff. So I, I may poo-poo the show a little more than others just for that fact, but it still could be a good show for you. Um, so just a heads up. And um, again, um, Take that and note when when you listen to our commentary, and also uh, again we would definitely love to hear your commentary. Dark discussions at aol.com, or just go to darkdiscussions.com and pick and press the contact us button or choice or whatever you want to call it, and uh, fill in the form, and that is basically the same thing as an email. All right, so uh, we can talk about everything, anything. Um, the yeah, I, I think uh, I forget who it was. It may have been you Barrett that brought it up uh the the body horror Cronenberg Kron, stuff uh, that was yeah. that was pretty good and Mike you brought it up too that the the special effects for that was was pretty solid uh, yeah that, compared to the CGI that was absolutely horrible in in most of the other episodes except for maybe episode 1 the episodes 3 and 4 really were bad CGI and even and episode 2 as well with the snake. Um this one this one was actually pretty damn solid uh special effects, right? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know how much was practical and how much was CGI. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to tell. Well, I have a right. feeling the uh, either way, either way, it's good. I have a feeling that a lot of the transformation scenes were were more practical. They seemed it. Yeah, they did seem it. That's what I thought too. But it's it's always hard to tell. If it's done well, it's hard to tell, but some of the stuff hasn't been so done well in this well, show. Well, I suspect so. a lot of it was blended because I, I definitely saw some parts where yes. there were there were bits of flesh peeling off that was clearly uh, CGI if you look closely. Um, but again, maybe it's the fact that you have all that mass of red and brown and black um, bladed together made it a little easier to blend together. Um as opposed to, you know, a green snake coming out of a man's pants. <laughs> yep. sure. Which was going to which was going to look hard to be believable even if it was a real snake. Right, right. Um Yeah, so that yeah, I think that was a that was a really well done. There's there's a uh scene when she's going through her first, well, I guess her second transformation or what have you. Um, where they're talking about uh, the locusts swarming from Africa into Europe. Uh, And he's talking about the locusts having five molting stages. And I think she does end up having five stages uh, through this, if I counted correctly on my rewatch, before she kind of comes into her own. So, yeah, it's definitely getting into the metaphor of her maturing and becoming aware and you're just learning start with just learning that magic is a thing in this world um so yeah i like that she's now going to be a a probably a full participant in these activities i i just am curious the way that this plays out which side she's going to end up being on right 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 and a lot of times i mean my, my guess will be the Darth Vader role where at the very end, she suddenly has a conscience and he does something heroic and redeems herself. Now, again, that's not bad, but it's, it's a, a typical Hollywood trope and it wouldn't surprise me well, if, if it mean, happens here too. Really a bad person now. I mean, she's really not. I, I, I okay. I mean, the letters, the aside here, um, you know, doing stuff for, you know, the Braithwaite, uh, you know, doing stuff for Christine Braithwaite. Um, I mean, she's not really, I mean, she's not committing any crime. I mean, yeah, she's, I mean, this guy that she, she planted the, uh, the listening magical, the magical listening device, you know, in his desk, you know, I mean, this is, this guy is obviously a really nasty piece of work. So, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're kind of rooting for Ruby to help, you know, bring this guy down. You know, yeah, so, he's, he's so it, bad that he makes Christina seem maybe good. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, this is, we, I think this is a case of two ambitious people <laughs> getting in each other's way. And um, we may just be siding with one because she's prettier than the other. Well, well and she doesn't have a person in the closet that's, you know, that's torture. Or does she? Oh, that's yeah. the problem. We haven't seen that, but I'm going to go with she doesn't right now. Not only <laughs> that, but I mean, this guy, I think we've also seen in the past where he's very, uh, well, he, let's just say, let's just face it, he's a bigot. You know, Christine has not shown really, I mean, she's shown, a, okay, she has shown some bigotry, but not 
not to the level as this guy. I feel like she's shown awareness of bigotry more than anything else. She's more, I don't know. You know, because, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, she, you know, when Atticus tried to shoot her in last two, the two episodes ago, you know, and she says, you know, yeah, right, you know, you're going to shoot a white woman. But, I mean, really, other than that, no, I mean, maybe I'm. Well, I don't even know if that was a racist comment. That, that no. just. That that's been. awareness. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah that's, that's totally awareness. Right. Yeah. Um, and using also, it to her. It was also just a shot at, at Atticus, right? I mean. That's why she said it in the first place. Well, my, my point is, is that she really hasn't shown a lot, if any, racism at all. So, I mean, you got one woman, yes, she's ambitious. But at the same time, you've got another guy who is your stereotypical racist jerk of a cop. Right. You know, and then, you know, where I well, mean, he's he delights in eating the crap out of, of black people. Now, now who is the guy? That had had the 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 man in the wardrobe. Was it the cop? Yeah, yeah. and right. and he's so the, more than just a cop. He's part of the whole chapter yeah. in that city. He's the leader he's, of it. The, yeah, he's the head of the Sons of Adam chapter in in that in in that area. Right. So whether obviously whether uh, people want to say bad things about police officers or not the point is is that this is an evil guy whether he's a cop or not and he just yes. happens to have a position of power because right. they run the town i i'm just curious because i didn't get a despite my my large hd tv i uh i did not get a good look at who he was under the shirt oh i couldn't i mean i couldn't was... tell either it was <clears throat> i mean i saw one glimpse that I thought I might have seen stitching. I saw yeah. a lot of dark. That's correct. Yeah, there was some sort of stitching. You're absolutely right. So could he be like a Frankenstein-y type of thing? White man's head on a black guy's body? Uh, he, oh, he's definitely, yeah. I, I, I had the idea that he was a Frankenstein. Because if he couldn't speak and, or, or make noise that loud at all, and, and the way he was acting, it, it reminded me of, you know, one of those creatures in the base the deep basement of uh the case of charles dexter ward right i mean those things that just went ooh, ooh, down right, in the well basement. well Wait, phil what's the name of the, the episode that that's why i brought that story specifically right. up like yeah Wait, yeah so talking? reminding more of that than uh, a regular human being is what i'm trying to say are we talking about the guy in the closet now yeah the guy in the closet okay, no i was talking because... no 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 i'm talking no no i'm talking about the cop yeah, see, that's what I thought because the guy uh, in the closet—they were waiting for him to die. They right, the guy tortured. in the closet—I got the sense that he had just been tortured. Yeah, and he was going to be tortured more. And if he died, they'd still be able to get info out from from him. Yeah. So you're trying to say the cop <laughs> would have been is, is is some sort of Frankenstein creation by the, the this cult, this town of cult people. Well, all I know is he took his shirt off, and it he was weird. really, really brown. And either he was like a, a head and arms attached to a dark body. He hadn't bathed in a while. He was covered in, in uh, ceremonial blood or something. I just didn't get a good look. I thought it was tats I, when I first glanced at it, but it, yeah, me too. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I, I, it, so that's why I said I couldn't, I couldn't really see. I thought like, so I think I thought I had seen like a seam, like a Frankenstein type of 
body stitched together, but I'm not positive that was what was there um, because I didn't get a particularly good look. Yeah, it was hard. Sure, sure. You saw it through that little crack. Right, right. We'll get back to the crack at the end of the episode. Oh. <laughs> Somebody will, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about the opening scene. Mike, you said you had a problem with it, and uh, I, I kind of – I think I, I text both Kevin and Barrett about it, or, but maybe just one of you. And I, I basically said the it was bizarre that the cops just showed up out of nowhere. No, it was no, it wasn't that. Uh, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I'm talking about literally the opening, sort of like how episode three opened up with Letty just let's go buy a house. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what? Where did we come from? Here we wake up. The last thing we saw was uh, this this woman getting her throat cut, and then we open up with a, a woman I I didn't recognize. So for half a second, I was running. Wait, was this the woman who got her throat cut? And but then I got a good look at her. Yeah, I, I was still feeling the same way. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, I mean, I figured it, it didn't take that long, but to figure out that that it was Ruby, but it was a little like catching me off my uh, off guard here, putting me on my heels because I was I, I was just trying to figure out what was going on as opposed to getting into the story, and maybe that was the thing. So that that was my only thing is that it sort of just pushed us right into the deep end of the pool. Um, but that seems to be a thing that they do, and then they backtrack and fill in the plot that you missed well, later. Um, yeah, so that was my only issue with liter- the literal opening of the film. Well, my question really was, how on earth did you get there? Or more to the point... Well, I'm, I'm still questioning, how did the cops get there? Well, no, because remember, when he was outside, you know, and the cops were there, they immediately were, were, told... Were they in the neighborhood already? Yeah, they were already in the neighborhood because the cops knew who she was. I mean, the both police officers said... Yeah, your husband called us, or wait, I can't remember exactly what they said, but you yeah, know, we you, essentially we were sent to get you. Gotcha, so I mean, gotcha. the cops were there because they were sent there. Right. Gotcha. You know? All right. All right. So that, that part did not that part did not that phased me at all. What phased me was, well, why on earth was Ruby, you know, now a, a disguised, well, pretty much a white woman now, in her own, you know, in her home place in her neighborhood where William in quotes uh just didn't leave her where where she where they where they spent the night or where right. they spent part of the evening you know right. why did well, you well, well we don't, we don't even know Kevin we don't know if she was in William's mansion and and she freaked out when she woke up and then headed straight to her old neighborhood no because she woke up no because remember when she woke up like the first thing she did she woke up like Okay, yeah, I woke up. Wait, why are my room mansion? Right, no, but she would no. The mansion would not have been in an all black neighborhood. That, we don't. No, we don't. We don't know. That's what happened. All we see is her in this this mansion like bedroom, and then the next scene, she's in the black neighborhood. Right. So she could have took a cab. They, they could have just cut out that whole thing where she left. William's house and went straight back to her old neighborhood. That's what I'm trying to say. But and but then well, she's even wandering around in a daze. So I don't know that yeah. she, oh, it, she uh, that she had time to get a cab. So uh, yeah. So that's one of the and that's kind of where my issue with a lot of the episode is transitioning from scene to scene to scene. There is often like well, a, show, not just a weird a weird surreal uh, some sort of surreal thing with it because there was a, there was there was like questions of well, wait a minute but what about 
you know, so right. How did she get in the middle of that neighborhood? Um, where is that house that she woke up in? Um, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking it's William's house because the bed. And oh yeah. That, that's what I assumed. Yeah. And then that's how William knew where to look for. So if the cops were ready to look there, it was because he said, okay, it's Ruby. Where would Ruby go after she leaves my house to her old neighborhood? And I think they just transitioned terribly from the bedroom to the neighborhood. It doesn't make sense to me because I don't know. I mean, if why would William have a house in that neighborhood? He doesn't. He doesn't. So, okay. So, so they did a transition of her leaving his jungle house. fever, Kevin. Jungle fever. It just doesn't make any sense to me that in a daze, she leaves William's house, goes to her neighborhood. You don't see her getting out of a cab. You see her walking out of a building, and she's looking around like, "Where am I? Where am I?" I hey, thought she walked I, out of an alleyway. She yeah. walked out of an alley. Yeah, it was an um, alley. Yeah, and, and I, I don't I know say, if she was sometimes. That I, and I don't shop. I don't know okay. Chicago well, but I mean sometimes in cities. Okay, actually, I got the answer. I got the answer. Yeah. It was William's bedroom because there's a scene later right. on, and I have it on right now, where William has put her on the same circular bed, and you get to see William's ass in this scene, and he's they're back in the mansion. So the transition was done terribly. Well, no, the question is, is that neighbor, is that, you know, where is that, where is the house in relation to that neighborhood? And sometimes in a large city, you can get a dramatic difference between just a couple of blocks. But yeah, yeah so, so yeah, I don't know how she got there. She, I, I can't imagine her wandering in a daze for like 20 blocks or wandering a daze, calling up a cab, getting into the cab, driving to the old neighborhood, getting out and then continuing to wander in a daze. I don't even know um, if she's in a daze. She's just shot in shock. Or, well, even so, I don't see her wandering 20 blocks in shock. I don't see her in that state without being picked up. I don't see her getting in a, you know, being in a state of that kind of shock and calling a cab, getting in the cab and getting dropped off. So is Kevin's point legit, which is Williams Mansion is in the same neighborhood or just a couple of blocks away? Because I I don't know. the The cops say, make it sound like, the mansion's not in the neighborhood when they, they, they come and say, oh, Mrs. whatever her name is, Holloway, whatever, uh, you, you know, your your husband or your friend or whatever uh, told us to, to come and get you um, and bring you back to your, your home. I think it's a fair distance, but I don't think it really matters in the scheme of things. I mean, yeah. it, she, we, it's a bad transition. We don't yeah. know how she got there or why she got there, right. but I don't think the mansion's anywhere close. Right, I mean, I, and I think that's a small issue in the grand scheme of things, but more things like that kind of creep in, and it's not—it's not huge, but it's the sort of stuff that if this was a—if this was a, a really, really you know, like the best shows, these are the kind of things that would be answered and would be dealt with, and these kind of just get brushed over, brushed aside, you know. Um, and again, you know, we we considering this this is so the source material is pulp fiction. Um, you know, I don't know that the pulp stories were necessarily all that concerned with those sort of details either. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's more true to the source. Um, it, I just found it 
I find them slightly distracting and distracting enough to to hold against the show, not enough to spend the entire episode criticizing them over it or to uh, to dislike the show. It just sort it's sort of yeah like oh yeah to... yeah yeah I agree I mean the things that that would make me dislike the show is just the the story plot itself maybe some of the preaching. Um, and the show not being what I, what I expected when, when I went in blind, but, um, you're right. Those those things are, are, that you're talking about, the transition and stuff are, are more minor than I would say other complaints that some people may have about the show. Right. And I'm fine with that. I just, it's just one, the one, one nitpick that I have. Right. I mean, I, there were things like, I don't know, I question, but I'm willing to give them benefit of the doubt on this. If I suddenly woke up in a black body or a brown body or a yellow body or a woman's body or whatever, I question if I would be wandering around my neighborhood telling people I am who I am, even though I look nothing like who I am, because I know that they're going to look at me like I'm especially wandering around in my pajamas, um, you know, that I'm going to end up in a loony bin. That said, I have never woken up in somebody else's body before. And I do not know how the human brain processes that. So I'm perfectly willing to, to, to give them some, some leeway on that, right? That she isn't, like you said, a sort of something of a state of shock or having some trouble processing her current state of being because her brain is in a place it doesn't belong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is where a suspension of disbelief has to feel real to you because again, we, we don't know how people would act. You know, I always, um, talk about, um, you know, how people, you know, see a monster or a ghost or an alien in a movie and they don't, freak out and go insane because that's probably what would happen to me because none of those things exist. And then, or at least in my opinion, and then if I saw those things, my whole world would be shattered because it's not how it's supposed to be. So, yeah, I I mean, so it's difficult to to figure that out. Uh, Obviously, if you look at various films, references that I'm kind of talking about, whether they're aliens, monsters, or ghosts, this is kind of the same thing, right? I mean, we've seen things like Big with Tom Hanks and uh, Freaky Mel Friday. And, yeah. yeah, Freaky Friday, the, the one with Mel Gibson where what women want, you know, where you can read minds, you know, all these weird things where people get these abilities and or, or flip bodies or whatever. And, you know, we, we've seen how, how it works and, and whatnot. A lot of those are, are done, are comedies. But again you know it's the same same kind of idea i guess and you're right it's it, maybe she snapped and that's she's going around i'm ruby i'm ruby and they're all looking at her like she's nuts while someone else in a uh with a different psyche in a different movie would have said all right i better not say anything because they're gonna think i'm crazy you know so i i don't know it's, it's good you know it's like like back to the future right he you know, he goes, he says who he is and, you know, all that stuff. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point there, Mike. It's, it really just comes down. Can you, can you get into it and believe it? 
and you're Mike, I guess saying that you're saying it's kind of hard to believe that Ruby would act this way, but well, said, let's say however, I find it hard however, to I'm just saying it's not my first reaction. It didn't feel plausible to me, but I also, it's it. My gut instinct is that feels wrong that you would behave that way. My brain is telling me, but dumbass, no one's ever been in that position. How would you know how somebody would behave in that circumstance? So. Again, my first instinct on watching it is it kind of, eh, okay, all right, I don't, I don't think that's how somebody would act. Um, I, I would think that they would keep more of their wits about them. But again, my, you know, my, that's my gut reaction, where my brain reaction is then the follow-up to that. But my first reaction still is kind of a, meh, heart, not, not completely plausible. Sure, sure. Um... Now, uh, what about you, Barrett? What do you think? You kind of agree with Mike, or you have a different feelings? I don't have different feelings. No, I kind of agree with Mike on that. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Uh, Mike's got a good point. Like I said, I mean, the first, I mean, we're sitting here talking about this rationally, but like Mike said, if you wake up and all of a sudden you're in a completely different body, you don't know how you're going to react. You're not going to just sit up and say, okay, now I was a middle-aged white guy when I went to bed, and now I'm something else, completely different. Now, okay, so how, what, what should I do? You know, you're, you're going to, you know, like her, you're going to kind of panic a bit. You know, right, what? Well, sorry, go, keep going. No, I was, I was just saying, you're going to panic a bit, and... You know, I, I don't know what I would do. I would probably look around the room, see, you know, where or even in the building I'm in to see if anybody else is in there, kind of explore a bit. But that's like I said, that's me thinking rationally. You know, um, you know I have another nitpick that's at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show. And we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. It's essentially uh, Montrose with the. By gendered woman. Yeah. Well, the um, for me, it's sort of like uh, in horror movies when they say, what are you running upstairs for? That makes no sense. Well, you're not the one confronted with the killer. You're not with the one with the adrenaline running through you. You don't know what your instincts are going to tell you in that circumstance to do. Or, uh, you know, what I tried arguing um, with P Prometheus, right? When you know, Pace is running with an open belly wound, is <laughs> or a stapled belly wound, uh, yeah. is running away from the rolling spaceship. And people are like, just go left. It's like, well, it's really easy to do that. How often have you been chased by a giant rolling spaceship? It's easy to do it when <laughs> you're not the one in that situation, afraid of dying, and your primitive instincts are telling you just run in a straight line as fast as you can. Um, you know, it's it's so, yeah, it's that whole it's when you're outside of the film or in this case, outside of the TV, you can sort of interpret a person's reactions. And a, and in theory, because I've seen a lot of reviews where they can't you in theory can in process these circumstances in a more logical, less emotionally infused way. Um, but, yeah, so I, like I said, it's. And this is really just the beginning of the episode. And I found the episode generally got much stronger as it went along. It was really just the opening that I had with one more thing that we'll get to that I had kind of had a real issue with. And then the rest is just minor stuff as we go along. And the rest I kind of liked as I 
sort of a, a character study of the character of Ruby. Right, right. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so basically we're talking about um, the main plot line, which is we find out uh, is Ruby is able to turn into a white woman um, and experience uh, that 1950s life of a Caucasian white woman and whatnot, uh, upper class white woman. Um, now, um, this is obviously a surprise to her. Obviously, William uh, is the one that caused it. We quickly find out it's because he has this magic potion that you drink and it turns you into this alter ego. Now, um, the point of it, I don't know. Well, what What is the point or why does William want, well, we know why he chooses Ruby because it's Letitia's sister, but why is it done and what's the importance of having Ruby see this? Anyone have opinions? Well, I have a feeling that uh, William is going to want her to be uh, able to um, do jobs for him or her or whatever um, disguised as oh, go to places that she couldn't go couldn't normally go to as a black woman so in other words you're, you're going disguised as a white woman and that's about you know essentially a disguise and you know in, in some ways he, he may even think she sorry she may you know Christina may be thinking that Maybe she's doing her Ruby a favor, you know, um, you know, so you can, you know, walk around and not be, um, you know, automatically judged, you know, if you will, as, you know, as a black woman. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you're going to add something. Yeah, I think that's a possibility for, I, I do think that Christina or William and Christina Um, and she, and she may just be a cog in it. And, um, I don't know, maybe William has genuine affection for her, uh, but they needed to use her and they did. And at the very least they gave her what I imagine every black person or just about every black person in the United States at that particular time has always wondered, which is what is it like to wander around as a white person? You know, to not have to deal with the shit that they would have had to deal with back then. Or in some cases now. So, um, I, I and, and and we know this has been a thing they've been kind of harping on a bit with, with Ruby since episode one. And her inability to get the job in the department store because she's black. Or at least in her mind, she wasn't able to get the job at the department store until because she's black. Um, and... Uh, you know, I always say we have to be careful. We always see when we see stories from a character's point of view, right? We don't know what she did when she went in on the job interview. We don't know how she acted, how she behaved, how she answered the questions, how she came across. It's all sorts of stuff there. Now, we do find out in this episode that, um, you know, that there was a policy about not hiring blacks. And that policy recently was withdrawn or canceled or whatever the right 
proper term is. Um, okay. You know, but she's kind of gets her wish. She gets her job at the department store. She gets to go around and and be treated just like in her mind, just like everybody else, quote unquote, meaning just like white people um, without that burden of being being black. And, you know, and part of this episode is about the burden of not just being uh being black, but being a black woman who's kind of getting, you know, the shit end of two different sticks uh, in society, certainly at that time. Um, so if you want to get her on your side, it's an interesting gift to give her. Now, we also know from what they said last week, right, that a lot of these wizards or Illuminati figures, the Sons of Adam, are one-trick ponies, right? That they learn a spell. And the one, Titus's, the one was immortality, or invulnerability, rather. Maybe William and Christina's is this metamorphosing, you know, and so that's the only gift they could give her, was to give her a new body. Well, no, because remember, Christine had the protection as well, because Atticus tried to shoot her, and he couldn't. Right, but I, I got the sense that she took that from her father. Uh, no. She seemed think... like more than a one-trick pony to me, the way she was talking about it. Like, yeah, most of them are only able to do one thing, but she's able to do more. Well, maybe, not... she has, maybe she has two. Well, she has, like, a. I mean, she, this, all of the, this, uh, well, I mean, uh, what's the, what's the name of the episode again? Strange... Strange, strange. Uh, okay, strange case. Because yeah, that's the first, lo- that's the first part of the title to the strange case of Doctor Chuckle and Mister Hyde, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Oh, or yeah. Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, no, not that. You know, you get the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You know, because that's when you have you know one person, well, not really two people becoming two, you know, two people and themselves are able to be two people, you know, themselves and then somebody else. So I don't know that, I mean, the title made a lot, a whole lot of sense to me, but, um, and I just totally lost my train of thought, but, and, and I, and I feel like an absolute idiot because that, I, that I immediately jumped to strange case of Dexter Ward from HP Lovecraft. <laughs> and you're right. And, and now though. I feel like an idiot for missing the obvious Dr. Jack Lemon. And I, I do think yeah, by the way, that the Dexter right, Ward like, is going to tie in. Yes. Yeah. Right. The, but, but uh, Barrett, had, Barrett had an excellent point, though. Uh, it's actually just called the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Everybody always mistakes it a strange case of Charles Dexter Ward. Which makes me even more right. That's cool. Anyway. Well, uh, and, and they're taking a potion just like Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde right. and the thing yeah. is that that's also the case is that, you know, people who have that spell. Well, OK, for a uh, couple of things. One, people who have that spell, they, they don't they don't get it by drinking. They have it like. Like in print, for example, when you see William, he's he's got that mark on him. All right, I don't know what the oh, mark right. is for, but the thing is that mark could have been, you know, like the mark of protection. The thing is also though is that remember on the second episode where Tick is yelling at, well not yelling, but he's telling Christina, um, you know, you 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 know you make you know George and and Letitia. Um, unable to remember the horrors that they went through. I want I want them to remember. And she just kind of looks off in the distance, kind of does something, kind of just kind of looks up, kind of closes her eyes, and she says, okay, it's done. And all of a sudden you hear both of them scream. 
So, I mean, yeah, she is definitely not a one trick pony. If she is able to, uh, re, um, return or unblock, uh, memories as well as protection. Right. Uh, I, well, you know what? I think Christina, we're going to have to see, see her, her breast to see if she has the, the same right. mark on her. We have to see if she has the same mark. He just well, wants to see her breasts. He just wants to see her breasts. That's exactly what I was oh, thinking. Well, actually, you can see every, you can see everything of the actress in Neon Demon and uh, Elizabeth. That doesn't Harps. mean you don't want to see it again. So, oh, you can just put those. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't see. I didn't see it in this lighting. <laughs> right. Right. No. No. Well, but but you have to see. I'm talking about the, the park. You, you know, Elizabeth Harvest and Neon Demon. She's not going to have the mark. So will she have the mark? In this show, if we get to see her her boobs, you see, or was it specifically to protect her as William? Well, no. Be, well, 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 maybe, maybe we'll see her chest in future episodes. I don't know. You know, you don't really have to see her breasts because, I mean, the mark could be right above her her breasts, and you know, and, and it'll make Phil unhappy. But you know, make you know, at least we'll be able to see if she's got a mark on her or not. Right. Well, in in the scene where William goes topless, it is over where the bosoms would, right? You know, right. So I'm assuming, yeah, it would be. It's there under the to... collarbone. Well, oh, he has yeah. marks on his back too, right? Does he? Oh yeah, I don't remember. I'm pretty I sure he has marks on his back too. Some weird marks on his back. Those sure might claw marks from Ruby. Ha! <laughs> That could be, but it looked like more of a pattern than that to me. Okay. Okay. I missed those. Yeah, I, I missed those too. I don't, I don't remember seeing those either. I'll I'm take your word and find it. it. Yeah, it's, okay. it's like 10 minutes into the episode, 10 or, or 13 minutes into the episode. Right. Now, I, I have a theory about this, um, which is that I suspect that they're not the same person. I think they're sharing a body, but I think that William might be a different person than than Christina is. Um, well, I don't know because the thing is, is that remember Christina talked about William, where he almost died or something like that because I, I think that that cop wanted to to do something, wanted to kill him or somebody attacked him and he. And she said he survived, but barely or something like that. So Right. I'm wondering if she did a spell to save him, and that's how she saved him, was by taking him into herself. Oh, that's a possibility. Or maybe he's down in the basement somewhere on some sort of life support. So, I mean, that's why she could say, like, well, he's, you know, he's alive, but, I mean, you don't hear her really, I don't know. We'll see. Especially now that we see that she just came out of William's skin, so. Yes. I don't know. Right. Well, we'll see, because, I mean, remember, you have, you know, uh, you know, who Ruby now, when she's when she's a white woman, she calls herself Hillary. And this is the same woman who was in charge of that stone tower in Artem. You know, so you, you kind of wonder what's going on with that woman is she still around in Artem or I you know and I don't know it wasn't the same actress right yeah it was 
It was? Yes, it was. I didn't pick up on that. Okay. Yeah, you mean the actress that played the white Ruby is the same actress that played... That was the dog woman. Yeah, it was the dog woman, the one that just raised her hand and the dog went inside. Yeah, it's the same one. Oh, okay. Well, now that definitely asks some other interesting questions. Yeah. And obviously Ruby wouldn't know that because she didn't get to go to Artem. Exactly. Right, right. William... Slash Christina would know because obviously yeah. that's where they come yes. from. So, but yeah, Ruby would have no idea. But then it makes you wonder who the dog person was. You know, was that her natural form? Right, exactly. Or, or is she just a a cipher for various souls or whatever? Yeah. Or she is a source for because that 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 stuff in that vial looked a lot like blood. So she is source for. DNA or whatever, you know, the, you know, her blood was a source of DNA and, you know, and she's just still there. She just, they just used her blood. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I completely missed that. If that's the case, uh, thanks for pointing that out. Um, so yeah, so I think maybe, um, you know, so she gets to, she gets left behind for a day, right? She, she, they go through the whole metamorphosis thing and we see him tearing her apart and we don't know really exactly what's going on at that moment. And again, the, 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 the talk on the TV about locusts and, you know, them dying and being reborn five times. Um, and then like, isn't that the next thing that we do get to is, is her going around town as a, as a white woman, or is there am I missing something in between there? Oh well, probably in between there is the the beating up of Montrose. Well, in between there, I mean, first she, you know, when she gets back to the to William's place, you know, she's kind of going through the metamorphosis, and, and William pretty much cuts her out of it. Right, cuts cuts her out of it, and then they start talking like, okay, that's when she's like, oh my goodness, there really is magic. And Montre- uh, Montrose, back. William holds up the vial and said, you know, you can do this again if you want. You could even live here, you know, come and go, do whatever you want. And that's when he had the vial <clears throat> and a big wad of money. Right. And then I is that it then did we cut to I don't remember. Did we cut to tick and Montrose or did we see her? Um, no, I think. I don't remember. Or did, or did we see her as, as, as what she called uh, Hillary, um, you know, out and about? I don't remember. I, I don't know that the order matters too much. No, because, um, I mean, the thing is with Tick and Montrose, there was there was a little a, a little nitpick, if I may, is, I mean, how much time, ex, you know, happened between the time that Montrose cut that person's throat and the time where Tick says, I mean, was it like, that evening and then in the morning because of sitting there thinking what happened to the blood what happened to the body what happened to the scroll he just says it's all gone right um did you take it i mean did you get rid of the body that quickly that easily you know i yeah and that's that's an issue with it out that's an issue with the entire episode because there are several times in this episode uh where Ruby transforms, and when she transforms, like I said, it's a very Cronenbergian mess. Um, there's blood everywhere, and it's never an issue. Um, yeah. The first time, the first time she transforms, right? They lay out. Uh, William lays out a, a, a plastic, 
and she tries to crawl off and he pulls her back on. There is acknowledgement of the mess to come. Then she transforms uh, in an apartment store and leaves a bloody trail. And she's in clothes that are way too tight for her. Right, and clothes, right. And she's not going to be able to wear those clothes. Well, she's losing her skin. I'm sure to get the skin off, the, probably the clothes are likely to have to come with her. Or they're going to be covered in blood. Right. Um, we see her Maybe again. the skin just kind of dissolves and disappears. No, we see the blood. We see streaks of blood <laughs> all over that, that, that building. Um, and then we see, and then same thing. She walks out of the, you know, the alleyway outside of the club. How'd she get home? I guess unless she, the, the house is really just around the corner. Um, and then, um, and then there's the, the, the final scene. Right where she, she she does something in the manager's office and walks out covered in blood, naked. Right. Yeah. And now I, I did not live in in Chicago in 1955. However, I suspect a naked black woman walking through a department store covered in blood is going to raise some eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, any person naked walking covered in blood, no matter what gender or race, to be honest. Well, I'm not entirely sure for the way this that, that might be a white privilege thing that white people could get away with doing that. <laughs> well, this the show show uh, makes us assume that. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Well, I'm yeah. Get it though, I mean, you, what do you what are you going to be uh, the the manager? I mean, what's the manager going to say? You know, oh yeah, you know the I mean they're going to see the blood and the skin all over the place, and he says. Yeah, she rammed a stiletto up my butt a few times, and then she shed her skin and became a black woman, black naked woman. They're going to be like, uh, okay, yeah, you got hit more in the butt. Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. must have got head a few times, too. You know, I, I just... Well, I'm, I'm pretty I mean, sure that, that, that what happened to him would require a hospitalization and most likely surgery. Oh, yeah. It, it, oh, it, God, it, yeah. Was, it wasn't just... just uh, degradation. It, it was actually uh, uh, oh, you know, it was, harm. It was downright assault. I mean, he, he's yeah. he's he's going to be um, probably going in a bag for a few for a while. I don't know. I mean, it's I, I mean that's just got to be right. Ugh. And it now I am sure this is not accidental because uh, what it does recall in my mind is I don't know if you remember I. I if I'm getting the names correct, I believe this was the case of uh, Amadou Diallo in New York, who was uh, arrested for something. I don't remember what. I don't really care. Um, and he was beaten by police officers and had a uh, broomstick or a, a handle from a plunger shoved up his ass. Oh, I remember that. This case, yeah. Um, you know, so and that was a very, you know, that I think was where supposedly, and I don't, I think that might've been debunked, but I'm, I'm not completely sure, but like supposedly where they said it's Giuliani time while they were beating up on the guy. Um, right. okay. so I think, um, so I, I, I would not be surprised if the writers were, were thinking of that, um, that incident, right? Because they're obviously echoing a lot of fairly famous, uh, racial instance in, in American history. Um, and again, that's the kind of the point of the show. Well, uh, I, I, I definitely think this is also uh, 
the the um the wish the wish let me rephrase i'm trying to think of another word for fantasy what what, what's let me let me get this here hold on fantasy sort of yeah well yeah this this is uh the daydream of of the writers in a sense i mean i i mean it it's not in the book right kevin so oh none of this is in the book yeah so it's it's why would they put all this in unless they're doing it's it's the writer's fantasy that obviously they would never do but this is their revenge fantasy yeah revenge fantasy right. sounds good Mike. Yeah. right it's and, like you know like just like i spit on your grave right and you know the stuff like that where the right. it, you know, although at least in spitting your I mean, grave, this is, a little, this is a little different because yes i spit on the grave was written by a man and not a person that uh that was in right the, right, right right yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i just um and again, this is this is all you know, Kevin. I think you brought up last week or the week before. Where the the nice white people? I think they want this to be a black story. I think they want the black people to be overcoming without white assistance. You know, we've had enough. So I quote Tarantino, yeah. his, his fantasy. You know, he remakes history type of things. Right, where he wants to be, where he 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 just reimagines himself as Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, where where they want to be the the agents of change. You know, there've been enough like movies like dangerous minds, right. Where the white woman comes in and saves all the poor black kids. Well, they don't want that. Um, so it's focusing on the bad incidents because it is a horror story. So they're focusing on all the bad people and all the bad stuff and they all end up bad. And what I like about this is that she feels herself kind of becoming that bad person in a way, right. She's mistreating. She's got anger issues at, uh, right. uh evil can be, uh, evil is rewarded with evil. Yes, and okay. and she really because she's jealous of uh, whatever the 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 girl working in the department store, what her name was, which is blanking me again with I think a T. Um, but she uh, because she realizes she got she got the job where Ruby didn't, and she's way underqualified, and she pretty much realizes the reason she got the job is just because she's skinny and pretty. Right. Yeah, right, um, right, exactly. Yeah, because she is she, the 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 clerk that um, got hired with with the new practices is is skinny and beautiful, absolutely. And she finds out later that that's the main reason she was chosen, say, than Ruby, someone like Ruby's figure or, or Ruby's looks. And and no disrespect to the actress, but you know the woman that plays Ruby is a bigger woman and uh, attractive. She's, she's, she's less not conventionally attractive. Yes. She's, yes, she's, she's not, not a supermodel. Right. Well, the other right. girl, this, this also kind of shows how power corrupts too, you know? Right. And, and she, and this is also after she finds that out, right. That's when she walks out to, uh, to meet William and turns her head when he tries to kiss her. Right. Where, and you know, where she's trying to basically, because uh, she's questioning, like, did he put me in this body because he likes this body better? And so she's going to deny him that body. Right. Um, you know, because she's now feeling very insecure about who she is. And part of her is trying to reassert that while she's in Hillary's body. You know, and that's why she starts getting um, aggressive uh, with with the saleswoman. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and we and the first scene of this episode, we basically get to see the Jamie Newman 
in all her birthday glory and and she is a pretty a really good looking female body so this makes sense that she's now figuring out the meaning the ruby character is now figuring out everything you just mentioned mike so so she's getting her own sense of entitlement in a way she's now got a position of power and she's abusing it um and you can understand I'm not saying excuse, but you can understand, you know, if you are a white person in Chicago at the time and in position of power, this is this is, you know, how you could be taking advantage of that or look at somebody else who is beneath you in position of society, either because they have less money or they have less authority, what have you, and end up abusing it, whether they, they deserve it or not. Whether you are, you know, obviously she's not racist, right? She's not racist towards this girl because she's black herself, but she can feel the animosity that this is someone who has a thing that she she could get and she can stomp on her. So she stomps on her. Well, it's interesting. And right. it, she's like really nice to her next, you know, when she finds out that, you know, this woman was way underqualified, but then she, but the thing is, is that whenever somebody would refer to her, you know, as some pretty much put her down because she was black, you know, as Hillary, she sprang up in defense again, or like at the end when she said, Oh yeah, she's going to invite us to uh, a club in the South side, you know, because she was really giving her a hard time. And then the manager was like ready to fire her. And then she turns around and says, Oh, everything's fine. You know, she's just going to invite us to the South side, you know, and did kind of covering for her. Mm-hmm. Right. I also like this one fact, too, is even though the show is obviously really uh, pushing um, the racial issues, whether from 1950 or, or present, I do like how they do show the flawedness of Ruby, the Ruby character, who is a person of color, turn angry and vengeful for different reasons besides race because again this whole show has been race but she's also shows people hate people not just because of their race or ethnicity but they can hate them for how you look or jealousy or you know you know the seven seven uh sins you know pride jealousy you know you just name and 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 that's that's what's kind of happening here because power corrupts Absolutely. And rather than being uh, a friend to the black person who is working here, she is instead upset with that person because of, like like you said, Mike, uh, she finds out that, oh, I'm not as sexually desirable or, oh, I'm not as, right. you know, what qualified to do the job and, and on and on and on. So it's it's interesting uh aspect i think that was the most interesting aspect of of this episode i felt too that that was that was a really good storyline i felt right now the other thing is and i think and i laughed at um and i shared this with you guys on the on the messenger um right so they they have the her her day walking around as the white woman before she gets the job and like we see her get handed an ice cream cone and the guy waves her off. And I find that perfectly plausible. All right. I do. I was I've, I do not. Yeah. I, I have to sorry. I'm sorry, but I do not. But well, it depends on whether he thought he could get somewhere with her. Right. Well, okay, um, yeah, well, that's, 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 right. that's what I was going to, Kevin mentioned something offline to me and I'm going to bring it up after you, you finish. Do, do you remember the uh, film? What was that? The film with, uh, was it Henry Rollins? Where is the angel? 
Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and and v- v- vaginas are like coupons for free alcohol. Yes, that was a great line. So, yeah. um, so true. yeah, so so I can, but. The thing is, so at the end of the day, she's apparently gone out and about town the entire day. Now, we don't actually know what she's done. She may have just gone into the park. Who the hell knows? But we do see her get the free ice cream at the end, you know, and William comes and says, you didn't spend any of the money. Not most of the money. You only spent a little. He said, you didn't spend any money. He said, I was able to spend the only thing I needed, which was being a white woman. And... Well, and, 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 and a pretty white woman. Not and a pretty white, white woman. And if she was an ugly white woman, she, they wouldn't give her anything. Or, or a poor white woman, right? She's right. clearly yeah. a white woman of some means. But right. it made me laugh because the first thing that jumped to my mind, which I shared you with, with you, was the, uh, the Eddie Murphy skit from Saturday Night Live way back when he was basically single-handedly saving that show, which was <laughs> White Like Me, where Eddie Murphy dressed up like a white person. Uh, very unconvincing. <laughs> and... <laughs> and and it's a joke, right? So the black one black person gets off the bus, and then everyone like they break out the booze, and and it turns into a party. You know, he walks into the bank, and you know they once and they dismiss the black bank manager, and he says, "No, no, you don't have to fill out an application here. Just take all the money you want. What do you want? Twenty five thousand, fifty? They're just and and whatever he wants, he gets because he's a white guy. Because it's this idea, you know that." You know, that there's the secret white society. We're all giving each other things. Now, that was a joke. Right. And right. I don't and, know. And, that and we have to remember that Eddie Murphy writes his own stuff. So it wasn't like oh, right, right. he was told to do this and blah, blah, blah. He, yeah. he writes this stuff. But right. Anyway. And, but, but he was also being very absurdist about that. You know, it's intended to be a joke. They all know it's a joke. Right. Um, and it's, a, it's an exaggeration of the advantages that being white would have had that. Yeah, a lot of. Black people are going to have difficulties, maybe more difficulties getting a loan from the blank bank than a white person getting the loan from the bank in equal circumstances, depending on the bank. Um, and which is one reason why there were black businesses and, you know, to try to correct that problem uh, on their own. But um, again, that was joking. And I got the sense that I don't know that that's what she was intending to say in the writers, but boy, that's what it felt like it was. It's like, I'm sorry, and I and I like I said, I don't know what it's like to be a wealthy white woman in attractive white woman in 1955 in Chicago, but I'm fairly certain it wasn't. I can walk around and get everything handed to me for free. Just right. This is what this is what Kevin's point is that the she it's it's somewhere in the middle. I would say she could get probably 20 percent, and it would be small stuff at most because everybody that's single and even even people that are married in cases will, you know, go ahead, go over and above what they would do for a pretty woman than otherwise. So you're absolutely right. If, if a pretty woman comes in, if you were, if you're a single guy and you worked at the beach selling ice cream and this pretty woman comes over in a bikini and she's really nice and, and you're like, Oh, I, I wouldn't mind getting, you know, whatever. Um, there's a chance that you would give them the free ice cream. That's just how it is. But Kevin's point is 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 fairly accurate too, which is she wouldn't get everything. And so this here, right, what we see in this episode, is an exaggeration similar to the Eddie Murphy. But but obviously, I want to break well, in here because part yeah. of what she got maybe would have been the experience of being able to go places no one else could go. I mean, did they show right. her getting in anything else free besides the ice cream? No, well, that's why I said I don't know what it was that they were 
implying that she had done, and I don't know. I'm yeah. sure I could come up with lots of things like you know going to the zoo in the park or whatever. Right. That exactly. don't cost that don't cost any money. But I'm saying that was like the first thing that popped into my head. You know, it was yeah. when they said that was that Eddie Murphy skit, and I yeah, don't, sure, and, sure. and that could just be for me, and it may be the reason I jumped there is because I have seen that skit, and that sure. is a skit. That's a thing that's in my head, and the only thing we had really seen her do was get the free ice cream handed to her. Um, right. Which again, I don't necessarily find implausible. I think the smaller the exchange, the more likely is she's going to get it. But like, if she took a cab ride somewhere. You know, yeah. she couldn't get on the. I don't think she could get on the bus for free. You right. Know? Right. Um, yeah, she wouldn't be able to get on the bus for free. She wouldn't be able to get the cab for free, uh, unless they really hit it off. But and and even that would, you know, I mean, when. So, I yeah, mean, I sure, exactly if she did sexual that. favors, she could get it for free. But I, right. I don't think right. she was doing right. that. I don't think she was doing that. It's not right. Right. Not yet. Right. Well. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Right. Right. I mean. I mean. Obviously, if. He was if she's in a cab and the guy's hidden on her and he gets his num her number, then maybe she would he would give her the cab ride for free. And I'll see you, you know, on Saturday. But if he doesn't get a number, he's not gonna give it for free, no matter how hot she is. Right. So that was the only thing the other thing I found like silly. And again, I feel like I'm just nitpicking a lot of this stuff and I wanna kinda take but I'm kinda wanted to get it out I of the way. Right to nitpick it because yeah, Again, that's what the show's about. It's it's yes. it's it's basically pointing out s certain things between uh, people of color and those that are considered Caucasian or white. So, th th but the problem is with that, as well as the main argument that's happening to this very day in modern society, is what level is it and and how exaggerated not exaggerated are some people in the media or in the real you know twitter world trying to say and and again it, i guess it's debatable depending on each individual but we can all agree that there is some uh, some form of a race or way people look at different people of different cultures that, that, I mean, that's just how, you know, every, everything's tribal, but right. I mean, even gender wise, I mean, you don't, you don't even have to be a different races. You can just be different genders and you, you think differently, but the, this show obviously is going to the, the extreme intentionally because they're trying to get somewhere. And, and I guess we're going to find out what, right. by the end of the season. But what I do like is that she's is that we she's held up to another form of prejudice, right? Because she knows she's black, she knows she's a woman. Right. She never goes beyond that. And then when you're given sort of like a controlled experiment, yeah. where here's here's another black woman who applies for the job and gets the job, and it's the realization right. that it wasn't just that wasn't necessarily she was black, it's just she wasn't attractive enough, right? So exactly. now there's another thing, and that exactly. that's kind of the thing that breaks her. And that is a thing, and they certainly hit the black stuff, you know, they talk about, um, you know, doing, going on safari in the south side and all that other horse shit. Um, and, you know, people can be, say and do terrible things. There are certain family members I haven't really dealt with for 30 years, for, for, for well, 35 years, for shit like that. Um, so, you know, I'm sure shit like that was said and done. And maybe it's still said and done for people who want to be funny with that. Um, 
but it wasn't the underlying real problem. It was not the the thing that made her hurt and betrayed. Right, right, right. She was comfortable being a black person. Obviously, not comfortable being uh, having bigotry against her. But she was comfortable being the person she is. The problem is, like a lot of us, we all don't look like Brad Pitt and Emily Blunt. We just well, speak for average. yourself. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have been confused for Emily Blunt so many times. It's just not funny. <laughs> but on a serious I can note, see that. I can see that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so the point is, is, is that, yeah, I, I, the thing that finally made her snap is something that probably bothers her every day, meaning the character, which is, I'm not, I'm not, um, at the, I'm thinking of an actress at that time. I'm not Veronica Lake. I just look like an average. I, I look like um, Angela Lansbury. She looks more right. Angela Lansbury than than Veronica Lake, and it pisses right. her off. Right. And that's really so. Right. And I think it's. And I think like. And she's she's hurt when she gets presented the maid's outfit. Right. Ooh, this guy thinks I'm important. This thing guy thinks I'm special. And then no. He just needs a black woman to play, pretend she's a maid because everybody will ignore the black woman. Now, that's not the case, right? He says that you're the, something along the lines of uh, where I feel like you're the first person that, you know, I've, that I've uh, felt there was magic when there wasn't or something like that, where, like, in other words, she was not a person of the order, but he still felt something special inside her. Um but you understand why she would take it that way. And certainly it was, it was, it was an issue, you know, but it's the idea that, yeah, the world is a horrible place and there's lots of reasons why people have to treat you horribly. It isn't just being black. It isn't just being female. Um, there, there, well, and the then world... she finds out that William wasn't even a man. It was a fake or, yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to whether or not he was in the, in a future episode, I hope. Um, so yeah, um, right, right. So, 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 but, sorry for breaking your thought, nope. Mike. But yeah, you, to to get you back on the thought so you can continue, you're absolutely right. It she it wasn't because she's black. It wasn't because she's poor. It's because she's not thin and pretty, and it pisses right. her off. Right, and like I, I look personally, I like that. I like her character more because I then I like Letty because I find Letty, oh, you know, yeah. As you know, just there's things about her character's personality that kind of kind of bug me, The you know, and um, not in a horrible. I still I kind of like her, but she's also kind of like, um, you know, given her history. You know, what she, reminds, she reminds me of a lot of type of people in my my town that I just like. But she reminds me of somebody that would be trouble, right? Like, she seems like if you were dating yeah. her, she would be more trouble than she was worth. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? And whereas what I like about Ruby is that she's she is smart. Yeah, she is funny. competent. She is talented. She is, you know, she's she's kind of a spitfire. Um, and she's, she's, a, she's a strong character. And she's a determined character. And I like that about her as a person. Right. So I've, I, so those are like the, the, the traits, the characters that just really click with me. And I like her a lot more. I don't care how much thinner Letty is than she is. Um, right. I would much rather be with Ruby than be with Letty. 
But again, everyone's different. Everyone has different. Look wise, Letty's obviously has, is way but, better looking. So, um, but yeah, I see your point exactly. What you're trying to say, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, anyway. Um, so we, she does the thing. She has to plant the listening device. See, this is the thing I would have liked to see that come to fruition in this episode, rather than all the stuff with Montrose and uh, yeah. Tick. And like, yep. like I, I would have rather just do the entire episode about them, bring that part of the story to its culmination, so we find out what's going on with the corrupt cop. Now, maybe this is a maybe it's too big to squeeze in the, the the other ten minutes of the episode. The other parts just didn't seem like they were going anywhere, right? The idea, the whole thing with Montrose, they already established that he in the last episode that he might be gay. They you know they established a couple episodes earlier that he might not actually be Tick's father, and that therefore ties into maybe him being gay and having a special arrangement with mom. Um, you know, but here you know we see him get beat up. And like, for example, when like uh, we talked about like uh, in previous episodes, picking up clues, when he when Tick finds out that she's gone, the woman is gone. He has to tell us later that he knows that Montrose murdered her and destroyed yeah, and that, the documents. That seemed weird. How did he know that? He knows his father. I, I just chalked it up to he knows his father. OK, that, I mean, that's what I was chalking it up to, too. But it still seems unlikely for him to know that. Uh, All right, so uh, what, what? So so what did he know again? He he knew knows him. that Montrose murdered the girl, murdered the or the whatever. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I was confused. That's what I was still confused about because that's that's why I'm asking because I was like Barrett is like, how did he figure this out? Well, I think it's just he knows his father. I, I would have, but it, it would have been again nice to see something in the the direction to to uh, maybe something in his performance to show guilt. You know, for us to see maybe what Tick saw that made him realize what actually happened. Yeah. Um, and then he goes off, he wails on him. And so then Montrose goes to Sammy. And he goes to town on Sammy. And I'm not right. sure what I was supposed to take from that. Besides the obvious that, yes, in fact, he is indeed a homosexual. Or right. at least part time. Um, You're right. And violence yeah. begets more violence. And know. violence begets more violence. And I guess it's sort I guess it kind of, but kind of, sort of parallels what happens in the end of the episode. Except, you know, one was, was yeah, it was an angry act. But then he does reciprocate. Um, they just happen to cut away before we see it. We just see his head go down below the, the edge of the TV. Um, yeah. You know, and it is a relationship between two characters who are affectionate for each other. We see the whole scene in the the, the drag bar, drag club, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think the, the proper term is the LGBTQ club. Not in 1955, it wasn't. Right. That's um. True. So and I so I have no idea like what how that fit in, if it at all fit into the themes of the episode that what I guess I other than other than than Montrose seeming to kind of come into his own skin, I guess. Well, it, the whole thing is very confusing as I was talking to Kevin offline. Uh, he, none of this is in the book. Montrose isn't isn't gay in the book. So w the whole subplot of this and, and they spent a lot of time on a it, lot. too. 
for, for and it and it really doesn't move the story much except for check box is for the woke. You know what what's what what else is woke that we can put a check mark? Well, uh, right. homosexuals, um, uh, trans transvestites, transsexuals, whatever. Uh, because you know, tra- uh, you said it was a, a trans bar, or whatever it's called. I, I assume that would include both transsexuals as well as transgender, which is basically the, the T in the LGBTQ. So they're just checking off marks for some reason. I, I, I don't. I'm not really sure why. I mean, and well, it tells and us more about his, much. It tells us more about his character, but it doesn't do anything that I can see for the plot. Maybe it will later, but well, well it may tell us a lot about character but how exactly why what does it do for the plot and yeah. does it affect his character in the story going forward and kevin had a good point none of this is in the book he's not a yeah. LGBTQ person in the book so it it, it it and even his sexuality in the book is is not important except that he's supposed to be the father of of atticus so why is it here unless they're planning to do something with it later or are they just doing check boxes for the woke community right well and the other things that concerns me um i understand the idea of intersectionality and it's it's all one fight well it's not really no it's not right the, the fight the, the fight truth, but right but i'm saying that well no i'm just saying like so uh obviously the black community their fight for equality is a set was a separate fight and was always treated as a separate fight than than the LGBTQ fight for well, for, it's for, still for it still is Mike, and I'll tell you why. Even though they claim it's intersectionality, there there was a, a big incident a few months ago, about six months ago, where someone that was LGBTQ was trying to make a stance about how his fight was the same as those of people of color. And the people, because someone from people of color had wrote something and vice versa, and they were both progressive, I believe. And then they, the, the LGBTQ person got ripped to shreds and they had to apologize and said, I should never have said that because, uh, you know, because he's, he's a, a Caucasian. Um, my struggle is much different and not as bad as those that are of the people of color community. And, and so oh, if, if, I don't know about that. I, I agree. I think it, I, I don't know about that. I, I think I think it's I think it's it's terrible in a in a different sort of way. I agree. Right. I'm, I'm, that's my point. It's like if intersectionality was as true as the tr- folks try to claim it to be, they wouldn't attack this guy, but they decided to anyway. But just as I can acknowledge that the attitude towards even maybe many uh, enlightened white people towards black people was probably not the best. Right, as we saw in Get Out, the movie Get Out. Right, and uh, you know, I, I don't, and I can sit here and I can point out, yeah, I've know people, and maybe not quite as bad as what we're seeing in this show, but maybe a little bit more along the lines of what you're seeing in the the women in the in the back room, uh, in making fun of people behind their back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have no trouble, uh, you know, recognizing that, and this is not a show that I think gives us magic black people where they're all perfect and good. We, all these characters have very, very distinct flaws and and things like that. And the reality is that when, you know, the, the equal rights, um, civil rights, rather, uh, marchers would march like on, you know, march across the bridge in Selma. 
Um, if you had told them that they were marching for gay rights, they would have laughed in your face. Um, yeah, right. That's fair. And, and I and I am going to have a hard time if we get to a point where Montrose comes out to his family <laughs> and friends and they all just hug him and embrace him and love him for who he is. Um, in 1955 and it's not a black thing it's just that maybe maybe one maybe you know and at the time it would have been much more a you know the it was your aunts are living together down the street and that's all we're going to say about that you know it was that just just you know the you know like the like you point out the villain from North by Northwest. It's like, we know what's going on. We're just not going to acknowledge it. Right, right, right. We're going to no. pretend you don't exist. And I, you know, and so I, so I am concerned about that. I don't know where they're going with this story. To me, it is a different story than the rest of the story they're telling. And if they're going to try to put it in the same place at the same time, right, we're now at least 15 years before, uh, was it the Stoneheart riots? The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the gay riot, uh, New York yeah. uh, City, was it? Yes, I think uh, it was New at, York. at a nightclub. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget the yeah the stone stone, st- stone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and um, it's not the same thing, and they are not ready for that then. So I, I'm worried about how that's going to be. Now, for all I know, maybe Montrose is not making it through this. Maybe he's going to be a tragic figure in this whole thing, which I'm sorry to say would very much be appropriate. For that time period um but i'm saying right now i don't see how this completely fits in with the theme of the episode and i would have liked it maybe to have more development in its own storyline somewhere uh well, or in an episode where it does make more sense or or it's like i said mike it could just be how many check marks can we do for the intersectionality or the woke crowd or whatever and and if that's all it is, which I'm thinking it may, based off of what Barrett and Kevin added earlier, is it's just poor writing then. It be, because they have to check the marks, but they're willing to check the marks even if it's poor writing. Yeah, I th- it feels a little forced. But again, I want to let it come to fruition. Sure. Right. And, and, and well, it'll be curious because, it, again, it, it, it's way off the book based off of this. Right. And again, it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, it matters for fans of the book because they're saying this ain't the book. I mean, I flipped out when the outsider on HBO, I go, this ain't the book. And I hated that show because it ain't the book. You know, and the book's awesome. And the show I felt was a terrible adaptation. And as a result, I was biased and thought the show sucked. So it's a good show. I haven't read the book. It's a good show. Fair enough. I, I I watched eight out of the ten episodes, and then I said, you know, this, I'm I'm done. I, I just can't do it anymore, so I, I stopped watching it. But again, you know, that was just me. But again, so this here, whether people have read the book or not, that's one thing. But assuming you haven't, and you're going in not re- reading a book, like three of the four of us, then you're going to look at it and say, okay, it, it, yeah, it'll be curious to see if it goes anywhere and and, and whatnot. Because again. This is just an adaptation, whether it's a poor adaptation or not, isn't the I guess is is a point, but it's not the point of whether it could still be a good show. And with this huge change, the question is, is it going to lead somewhere and further plot and and be good 
for, I guess, the ultimate goal, which is episode 10 and the ending? Or is it just bad screenwriting, trying to make a point, check boxes, or, or something? I, I, I don't know. And, and like you said, we'll have to you're going back. Yeah, that's yeah. So again, I don't want to just keep harping on 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 yes, this. Sure, just sure. um, yeah. And and the scenes themselves, I didn't have a problem with. The scenes themselves, I thought were were fine. I just felt weird that we're we're doing well, it when it wasn't moving the plot ahead. Right, and that's why I said this felt like a Twilight episode that was thirty minutes too long because, you know, it was a good Twilight episode where a, a, a woman wakes up. And is a different in a different body, and in this case, a different color. And in 1950, how would people respond to me differently now? And that, that's an excellent Twilight Zone episode, 30 minutes. Well, but then, that, that, yeah. that, that that was the Vic Morrow segment in the Twilight Zone, the movie, right? Yeah, it, it absolutely was. You're right. Yeah. And so now you have 20 minutes extra, 30 minutes extra, and out of that 30 minutes extra, 20 of it is Montrose. And a lot of it, there's no dialogue. So, and so how does that help the story move along? It may, but it definitely doesn't help this episode because this episode was Ruby's episode and it should have stayed on Ruby. Yeah, and at least the Tick and, uh, um, tick and uh, Letitia's scenes were at least trying to move the plot a little bit forward at the well, beginning the and the end. With, with, um, yeah, I mean, the plot... Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously the plot with, uh, I mean, the romance between Tick and Letty and, you know, them trying to, you know, iron some things out because Tick talks a little bit about his time in Korea and he, because pretty much she said, um, you know, she said it sounded like they were, they're going to get involved, but then he went to Korea and he said, you know, when I was in Korea, I did meet somebody, you know, but obviously it, something happened and it didn't work out and he came, you know, and then he came back. And so it's kind of like, they're at the point now where they're pretty much saying to each other, all right, let, let's try our, our relationship now. No, I think you're missing the, um, it wasn't when he went to Korea because remember she came, she saw him the first time coming back to Chicago. She was surprised that was him. Yeah, right? that's right. And she had grown yeah. up. She was yeah. referring to episode three when they were in the house and he was getting ready to go back to Florida. Oh yeah, and, yeah, right, and I right, think right. that was after they had, they had fucked for the first time. Um, yeah, and and yeah, then right. she found out he was planning on leaving. Right. Okay. Okay, but that, well, anyway, it, it just seems like they're at the point now where they're realizing, all right, let's let's try this relationship, you know, and because I mean, even then, it, it's funny because something I said, I think it was last week when I was talking about, you know, why did Montrose killed the the bi-gendered person and my you know my theory was you know he just wanted to protect Tick you know from from that life and that's actually what Tick said you know he says you know because she was like you know we went through all of that you know just to you know for him to kill the kill that person and you know and, and burn the pages and he said he's trying to protect he maybe and he said maybe he's he's actually now defending he just almost killed his father with his bare hands and now he's defending him saying you know he probably just tried to just to make sure to to protect us from all this you know the son you know sons of adam group and all that sort of thing but then um 
you know, then obviously Tick gets the pictures. Uh, you know, Letty pretty much said, yeah, you know, I did take pictures of the, of the, of the scroll and Tick starts trying to, and this is something else that kind of made me scratch my head was, you know, and he even mentions it or, you know, Tick starts trying to, you know, first he's trying to transform the, the, the letters, you know, from, from the out there alphabet into, you know, in an English alphabet. But then he said, you know, how do you know though, that it's not going to, uh, I'm kind of curious in how we managed to, to translate some of it because I mean, when I was in high school, a couple friends of mine and I, we, we knew runes, you know, like the old uh, Scandinavian type runes. But the thing is, is that when we would write in runes, we were still writing in English. We were just writing using a different alphabet. You know, I have a tough time believing that he's using these runes on, on this paper and he's translating them and he's putting them into, you know, into uh, English lettering and everything ends up being English. I, I just have a tough time. I mean, I'm just kind of wondering what, what was his Rosetta stone? Because right. I mean, well, I mean, he was able to get a couple of the letters because of some ring, because it was his initials. And then after that, it's like, all right, well, how did you do that? I mean, how did you get a lot of the other alphabet? How did you get the translation from that alphabet? I, you know, I, I don't know. Just It was just kind of odd. Well, and, and also the other thing that was bizarre about that odd one, um, uh, that odd stuff in that episode was what was the whole tree thing about? Because the only point of the tree in that whole episode, because he, he doesn't even appear again in this episode, maybe he'll he'll appear later in the, the season, was to show that Letty may have lied about her virginity. Was that the only reason he, his character? Because why would they have that whole setup where they, all right, this guy that came out of nowhere says, I'm coming with you. He gets in the car. They drive all the way to Boston. They have him have these scenes with Letty, and then he just disappears from the show completely. I'm, I'm still confused on that. Or maybe, that... Maybe, been something that was completely irrelevant or like or like you said and that i think we talked about this that for that episode was it would just kind of gave us a little insight into letty's character and that was it right yeah i mean it may not even really matter right it's like like you said it could just been comic relief maybe but it just was it was a little out of place if, if the character just disappears Unless it was all for either comic relief or to make us question Letty's, I guess, um, integrity, integrity of, 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 you know, is she a liar or not? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting. You know, just things like that still have been bothering me. You know, every time I, you know, a week later, it's still bothering me. What, what was that all about? You know, but it may not even be important. We may never get an answer either. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, right, so, yeah, I mean, that's really not too much to say about Montrose's character. I mean, it really is. is the the whole real point of it, that all his scenes was just to show that he's a, a person of LG, the LGBTQ community, really. I mean, except for when he gets beaten up Right. I mean, I mean, is that it? Was was that his whole storyline? 
I mean, there just seems to be like one point where he feels like he's free to be more him, what he feels to be more himself. Right, yeah. but but that but that's still in that community, right? I mean, when he goes back into the 1950 real world of the African American community of Chicago, which are, as my understanding, is is very um, church oriented. I, in 1950, it'll be curious to see. I, I mean, is it just to show how he is normally when he feels safe, or or is it more? And again, I guess again we're getting back to what you said, Mike, which is what what, what is it moving the plot along, or for something later in, in the in the season? I don't know. Yeah, or you know, some of it is just you. There's a plot point they have to get out. And it doesn't fit anywhere nicely in the rest of the series. And so some episodes just get stuck doing some heavy lifting. Right. We need a tick to, we, we don't have an interesting story about tick decoding the language. We only get 10 episodes to work with. We got to show that Montrose is gay. Um, we need to you know, sort of re- resolve some of the, the, the conflict between tick and, um, and Letty. And we have all this other stuff we need to do as we build towards the finale in episode 10, you know, and here's where we're going to do it, you know, because we have, because there's not enough meat on the, on the, uh, on the bones of the, uh, of the Ruby story, you know, it's a, so that's going to be the B and C stories in this. And like, you know, I'm a big Star Trek fan and Star Trek, the next generation was often notorious for this was having a B and sometimes C stories. And usually the C story was something terrible um, and not very interesting, but you needed to give the actor something to do because it was in their contract. Right. Yeah. And and that could be something to do there too. Yeah. All right, very well. Um, all right, so let's see. We, we talked about the Ruby story, and we talked about the Montrose B story or C story, depending on which one. Then we have the Lat, T, and Tack, Tick story, uh, which was the least focused, uh, meaning the, the least time on, on screen, I should say. Um, but there were some things of note. Um what what do we want to discuss about that that we haven't already the tick and laddie story obviously they they have they they're are they a couple now because they they banged yeah. a second time yeah they seem yeah. to be yeah okay they even kind of talk about it when he lays his head on her and she's in the in the tub room with him yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true uh and she's just kind of um you know they're they're just talking about like I said I think that's when they were talking about uh, you know hey you know you were gonna leave and all that sort of thing and then until finally you know she and so finally he, you know, it sounds like he's like hey I'm here to stay I want to stay with you and that's kind of how that that scene in the tub with the scene with Letty in the tub ended yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So that's fair. So they're now a couple, boyfriend, girlfriend, probably for the rest of the season. Um, what else do we want to talk about these scenes besides what we well, have already? The thing already? he decoded, which was die, seems to yeah. have some. One of them um, was he, he decoded a couple of words. One of them was die. One of them was something like 
like I, I'm sorry, I don't remember. It was some like agony or suffering or something like that. But uh, Dai seemed to be the one that caught him the most, and that's why he called that person in Korea about it. Okay, now we'll just say this: the Korean thing, the Korean woman is not at all in the book. So, um, so I am kind of curious on what what all that is going to have was going to happen next week, um, because it's totally blind territory. For me, actually, most of this episode is blind territory, except for uh, except for Ruby uh, implanting the the stone in the guy's desk, and her becoming a, a, a white a white woman. Other than that, you know, nothing nothing else was in the book. Uh, so for the book, um, we do see take have a dream, and you know, once again, he's dreaming about being in the slave owner's house as you're watching his ancestor escape right. with the book or, or it's a flashback because of the time travel. Like you were saying, well, here's the thing I'm wondering because he gets <laughs> caught on because he gets caught on fire. I'm wondering if he's fearing that he's treading down the path of the slave master. Um, meaning not in that he's going to become a slave owner, but in other words, by, by pursuing the, uh, the, the secrets of the order. So, so I was wondering, by finding, pursuing the secrets of the order, he becomes the the quote unquote evil that the order symbolizes. Well, it, he could be right, and that's 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 yeah. to me that's what the father is afraid of. Yeah. Right. The father's afraid, and so you know, and so he's kind of juxtaposing that. But I think isn't it in that flashback where he also flashes back to Korea, and she does say something. She has a line, and, it, and I think it does end in die, and I think it's... I just don't remember what the line was. Uh, I didn't write it down because it didn't seem important at the time. Oh, you mean way back in, like, episode one or two it was, yeah. No, in episode... No, in this episode, she makes a line. Or maybe I saw it in next week's episode. I have a feeling whatever it was she told him is what is in that scroll. So those words that you mentioned. And again, I don't think this... This is another example where I don't think they put... Connected the pieces together easily for viewers on a first time watch. So I think that she told him the, the, the words from the scroll. Right. Interesting. That's, and I could be wrong about that. Um, but I'm pretty sure, but because I, I think she does have that word die in there. You, we have to, to die. Um, and I just don't remember what they are. Um, right, right. But you know, I do have the world at my fingertips. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what she what what she said again. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, was, while you're looking that up, Kevin did make a good point. Uh, uh, it's offline to me earlier today. He said, "I'm curious where what they did what." Monstros did with the trans ghosts or trans creatures' body. body. Yeah, what, what did he do to the bot with the body? Right, it just disappeared. There, there's no explanation. Right, right. Again, this could be he threw it in a dumpster or in the river or something, and they just did a bad tran transition, like they've been doing a lot in this show. For all we know, they're not even really dead. They're just killed temporarily. I mean, but they were the, dead to begin with, so... But, 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 well, dead or not, the point is, is where did the body go? Yeah. Because the body didn't just, like, dissolve when when he cut the throat, right? I mean... No. 
he had to clean up the blood too. I mean, you slit somebody's throat. There's going to be a lot of red. Well, it showed a lot of red coming out. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, how, I mean, how, I mean, it sounded like they were all in the same building. So he kills, he kills the bigendered person in that building with other people who are living in that building. So he managed to clean blood, get rid of a dead body. Jeffrey Dahmer got away with it for a long time, so I'm not surprised. Well, he ate. <laughs> didn't he the one who ate him, though? Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, you can get rid of a body. People do it all the time. Okay, well, considering the fact that I'm not a, I, I've never. Well, really there's a, there's a difference, though. I, I really don't know. But there's a difference, though. Dahmer lived alone. The, he, this guy did it in a in a building where. In a, no, Dahmer in, wasn't in an apartment building. I knew people no, that lived no, no. in that apartment building. No, 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 no. Oh, wow. He, no, he did it alone in his apartment. This guy did it in the same. That's like you killing people in your your house, and you have your whole family living with you. That's what it's different than you living in your house all alone. You see what I'm saying? There are other serial killers that did that. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's not. I'm saying it's not uncommon for somebody to kill somebody and get away with it with other people around. And, and How many not people have you killed, Barrett? I want to know. I'm not saying I've killed people, but I've watched enough true crime. You How know, it many happens a lot. People have you killed, Barrett? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, all right. I see what you're saying. So maybe maybe it was just a bad transition, and they just go, you know, snap a finger like this, and then poof. Uh, well, I, I don't like how these the writers seem to think that we don't need to see a lot of stuff because <laughs> that seems way too common in this show. So I'm not saying that that's great. I'm just saying that, yes, he could probably get rid of the body without somebody knowing. Um, right. it, but I don't like how they deal with it <laughs> in the show. Sure, sure. Question I have to admit that, that came to my mind is. Okay, uh, I'll just I'll just mention that. Uh, okay, what, lo and behold, uh, as far as we can tell, William is actually uh, Christina Braithwaite uh, <laughs> doing the same thing that uh, Ruby was doing with uh, you know the white woman. So essentially, you know, William is you know might not be is doesn't look like he's actually William. Um, I mean, Christina Braithwaite talks about him, so I mean, it's very. Like I said, I my my guess is is that you know she's got him on life support somewhere, uh, so he's technically alive. But the thing is, is that he all of a sudden he comes out and he sheds his skin, and turns out it's Christina Braithwaite. And my whole thought with Ru, you know, and Ruby's kind of like, wait, you're Christina, you know, she's a little shocked. But then my whole thought was, what must be going through Ruby's head because she's sitting there thinking, but I just had sex with the guy. So did well, here's I, the question. Did I have sex with a with a with a woman in a guy's body? I mean, I don't know. I just I'm just kind of curious. Here's a or, question, or a though, guy in a woman's body. Let me just. Yeah. Here's a question or, for you though, Kevin. If if your Jekyll and Hyde idea is correct, then didn't Jekyll and Hyde have two very different personalities? And oh yeah, they would think of each other separately. So. This but might the, be exactly that, where she but, they have but, two different personalities. Well, the problem though is that Ruby was still Ruby when she was in, when she was well. Maybe the longer you do it, the more you get into the role, and the more different you become. That's possible. That's possible. I'm not, you know, um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about him. Well, I'm not worried about William I was Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, obviously, what it was, assuming that they're one and the same person, and they're just using the potion to switch bodies. Uh, Christina, well, I, I, there's two reasons. I One, I, I kind of alluded to you earlier, Kevin, offline. And then there's the, the obvious. The obvious one is it's to tempt Ruby with sex to get her, I guess, in, in her, in her circle, her orbit. And, and it, and it kind of worked. The other reason is Christina in episode two mentioned how being a woman, she doesn't have the same rights in this patriotic world had she been a man and this is her opportunity to be a man because she takes the potion and then she becomes a man and, and then lives as a male Caucasian white folk, cisgender, whatever, and has the full rights and also being wealthy has the full rights that any person, you know, I mean, you know, Taylor Swift just had a song out called, uh, uh, um, the man basically. And, and she did a whole video where she, converted herself into a man and then they make um, all these skits of how she how powerful she is if she's a man versus being a, a woman and so this has gone on for years and, and you know it's still going on today obviously because this show is, is brand new just as the song the man's brand new so that was the second reason she becomes a man because she becomes more powerful in the man's world. But why at the end does she show Ruby that I'm actually Christina, not William. William doesn't exist. That's a question. Unless she is convinced Ruby's now on board and in her orbit, or she just wants to be mean and say, ha look at what I did to you. Thoughts? Anyone? Nothing? It almost, I don't know. It almost sounded like he was, I mean, when you see William come up and all of a sudden he, he transforms, it almost looked like he wasn't, ex, you know, he wasn't expecting to transform that, that quick, you know, like, just like that. It's like, oh, the, you know, he's there, he's walking, all of a sudden, boom, he's transforming. In oh, front of, like, so you're saying, you're saying that his, his identity uh was a mistake he he wasn't planning to let ruby know and it just happened because right but the thing is is that when christina just kind of you know when Chris, christina appears and you know of course ruby is like wait you're christina you know she still handled it like i meant to do that but who knows i mean maybe that's that's kind of her personality it's not like oh crap i really didn't mean to do that it was just kind of the you know, my cats kind of have that attitude. Like they'll trip and they'll do all sorts of klutzy things and they'll walk away like, yeah, I meant to do that. Um, it could be the same with her. It's just all of a sudden she, you know, she's William and all of a sudden she's back to Christine and she could have just kind of had this. Yeah, I meant to do that. Right. Surprise. Um, yes. You know, and but the thing is, because, I mean, Christine doesn't bat an eye and she just kind of continues on and starts talking and. um that's just kind of how they ended. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
So, yeah, I mean, so it could be interpreted multiple ways that it was intentional, that it wasn't intentional, but she was trying to cover it up and so forth. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, thoughts, Barrett? Well, Mike still looks for the, the phrase, I think. I think he's still looking. Yeah, I'm still it's looking. I'm not having to... any luck. It's hard for me to believe that she's doing anything accidentally. Everything seems pretty planned, but with her, yeah, I no, I I get that. It's just, yeah, it, it does seem like an accident, but I have a hard time believing that it's an accident. Well, that's, it, that's how I feel about it. Her reaction does not make it look like an accident, but as William, it looked like an accident because I mean, William kind of had this surprised look on his face when he started transforming, but. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe it was just maybe yeah. I just understood the facial the facial expression, and she just planted the whole planned the whole thing the whole time. I mean, either one could be very. I mean, this with the Braithwaites, any one of those could be true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this. So, uh, what was your th opinion, Barrett? Because Kevin kind of knew, because he, he really caught on to it pretty easily. What was your opinion when you found out that William and Christina were the same individual? I mean, I felt like I should have known it a long time ago, <laughs> but it—I was a little surprised. Can't say I was majorly surprised. I was just a little surprised, um, and. They they have so much similar about them, and they, like we had never seen them at the same time before, so that seemed suspicious to me. Both the track, I mean, when I first, I mean, when this show first started, I thought they were brother sister, or yeah, yeah same here. Yeah. and but then I'm sitting there thinking, like a couple episodes in, like, well, why don't we ever see those two? When we when William comes back, it's like you know we never see those two together. And that's why my my first theory was is that Christine was um, William actually. Well, in other words, Christine William was. Oh, how do I say this? William was in Christine's skin, and not the other way around. Not Christine and William's skin. In other words, I thought Christine was the disguise, and not William. Mm. But the right, thing. Right. But Christine told Ruby a while ago, uh, earlier in like midway through the the, uh, the the episode, she talked about William and like how and I think the big the, the, the cop essentially tried to have him killed. And so Christine, I don't know. I, I really wish I, I I I'd really like to know the background of this. Uh, I, I really. That's that's something I really hope they get into is the background between um, uh, with that 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 bat that um, I forgot his name, but the the cop that uh, uh, wrote. Yeah, the, yeah. The I think it's really important that what you noticed. Ab yeah, I think it's really important what you noticed about the the person Ruby turned into being in it before leads me to believe that there's some kind of connection between that character and what Ruby's turning into. And the same for Christina, so that, you know, maybe they're both somewhere <laughs> being experimented on and their blood is what's being used for them to turn. I don't know. That's very possible. All right. 
Yeah, I st- I still think that he it's him. I think he and her are joined together, and one replaces the other and back again. So their so personalities you don't, you don't are pretty different. So you don't think it's the potion then? No, I don't think that's the potion. I don't think it's the potion she's using to do it. I don't think she's becoming him the way that uh, Ruby's becoming um, Hillary. I think I I think that they are two people that that is how she saved his life you know after he was supposed to be killed that's my suspicion and if i remember correctly you don't really see i hadn't picked up that you never see the two of them together for some reason in my brain and episode remembering episode two i'm remembering it incorrectly i thought the two of them had been together at one point um not on screen at the same time, but I thought they'd been in a place where the characters saw both of them at the same time. Clearly that's not the case. Um, so that was the only reason this kind of took me by surprise. Uh, but I, I, I suspect given, you know, she said they, he was supposed to be dead. He's not, I don't think she's pretending to be him. I think it's him. I think she saved him somehow with some magic. I think it's inherent. Inherent, right? She says that the potion only mimics, right, or approximates the metamorphosis. I think she's done the true metamorphosis herself, and changing back and forth between the two. All right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll definitely find out on forward because uh, I'm, I'm more apt to think it was the potion, but I could see other people's arguments as well. And- and then there's the third argument, which is he's he's on life support downstairs, and and his soul or something moves into her body when he needs to go or something, which is what Kevin was kind of saying. You gonna say something, Mike? And and just to, to be perfectly clear, it is not a theory I am married to. Sure, sure. Um, right. So it's just a theory. Yeah. In my head. Anything's gotcha. possible in this show at this point. Yeah. All right. Now, um, uh, Mike, have you found it yet that you want? No, to... I have not been able to find it. And maybe it was something that was in the previews. I'm not really sure. Um, but, but you're pretty sure that she said it, though. I thought she. I had thought yeah. that the Korean woman, there was a flashback somewhere where the Korean woman had said a thing right. that was connected to the word die. And that, that could just be my brain because I. Right. Well, I swore she said it in episode one. Moment. I swore she said it in episode one, something that was nefarious or something. Because well, I remember we had a... something like you shouldn't have left, right? But I don't yeah. remember. She said after that. Yeah, but you're right. She could have said something. Die. I'd, I'd have to rewatch the last five minutes because it's basically the last scene of the ep- tonight's episode, uh, or I should say this week's episode, episode five. Um, anything else we want to say? Because we, we've been recording for about two hours, and we should probably start wrapping it up. Um, so I guess we'll we'll just you know let's, let's just get into our final thoughts. Um, so we'll start with you, uh, Barrett. Why don't you you go ahead? Um, I, I mean, I'm still of the same mind I was when we started talking about this. I like the idea of this episode more than I actually like the episode. I think it's marred by some some issues and the whole scene with Montrose, I think, is too much of the episode. I think it should have focused more on Ruby without this little side journey. Um in general, though, I like the idea of the episode, and I really like the body horror. I thought that was really cool. Um, so that's what I thought of it. 
All right, very good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was all right. Uh, again, the, the Ruby stuff up until the um, the stiletto scene um, was, was, I felt was a really good Twilight Zone type episode. Um, kept my interest. Uh, the acting by both lead actresses were, was fantastic, uh, especially Jamie Newman, because uh, a lot of the episode was really uh, Ruby the Ruby character as, as played by Jamie Newman and, and she was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I agree with, with Barrett that the 30 minutes of the Montrose and, and, and I'll add the Letitia and tick stuff kind of, um, I guess was necessary if wherever they're going, but unnecessary to what made this episode good which was the 30 minutes of the ruby story um and as a result i was very mixed uh with with the episode and and i do think the 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 i guess the um social justice intersectionality stuff that they're they're, they're beginning to go um uh, maybe considered a little preachy for some um and also take away from the the story itself another thing i i don't like too much and i mentioned this offline to kevin and barrett a number of times through text because i know mike you you're, as a school teacher you, you don't get to see text as much um, and i have like no reception on my phone in school either yeah yeah um is is the use a lot of modern music oh, really yeah. really is a problem for me I, I wish they just stayed with um uh contemporary music to the 1950s um because me too it's just yeah, because I mean, when you do like Quentin Tarantino and Scorsese, they do it really good. Where they always use music that is contemporary to the scenes that they're portraying on screen, and when they do that here in this show, it's good. You know, we did have Blueberry Hill a couple of, uh, weeks ago, and a few other songs too. But then they every so often put in a modern song, and it just doesn't fit. They put the modern. Well, see, I I don't have a problem with it because the songs I find tend to fit. What's going on on screen? Um, okay, and they're so, not so being may, and they're not being played as, and they're not being played as source music, right? Where source music is, it's the, not the song on the radio, right? But just again, as, Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino do, do that as well. That's not on the I radio, understand that, but it, I but understand it works. It, this oh, is right. a create. It's a creative choice, right? But and there I'm is there, there is no it. music. There is no music actually in that world playing over. Right, there was no John Williams music playing while Luke Skywalker went attacked the Death Star. Um, okay, right, okay, but there's well, no reason why they have to right, be limited. Right, well, to music right, you, you can go go and and talk about that when when you do your wrap up. I'm just doing my wrap up, and, and for me, my wrap up is the modern music does not work for me. Again, that may just be me, Mike, but for me, I wish they just stayed with contemporary music that was overlaid rather than modern music but that's just me it's a nitpick um so yeah that, that's my thoughts uh we'll go with you kevin um the 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 special effects were good i was impressed yeah, with, they, they were awesome, yeah. The, i was i was impressed with the transformation um and i i really liked the ruby story 
part, you know, and for the most part, the uh, the Atticus and, and Letitia's side of the story, uh, because, I mean, I'm sure that's going to develop into future episodes. Uh, I, I, right now, I'm having a tough time seeing the, the Montrose aspect of it, uh, unless if it comes up later, I, I just saw that as, as a waste of time. Yeah, that's uh, that's just that's just my view. Um, and like I said, the 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 I I really really would like to know what's going on with you know the the Braithwaites, you know uh, William slash Christine. Uh, I'd I'd really like to you know especially with the with the the other guy the the, the bad cop if you will. Um, I'd really like to see. I'd really like to see that story develop. I'd like to see some background to that. I'd like to see, or, or at least know the, the the story behind it, and what exactly is the story of behind William? <clears throat> excuse me, William and Christina. Uh, that that's the part that really got me uh, interested in, in this episode. All right, very good, Mike. Yeah, I enjoyed after the the a little bit of a rough start for me. I really kind of enjoyed the episode. Um, the whole Montrose thing, it doesn't help that we have not gotten to know him as a character. And then as we start to know him as a character, it's he's abused his son. And then he murders a person that we think to be a fairly innocent person. And then we're supposed to be all happy that he found himself at, in, the, in the gay disco. Um, that's why it feels, I think, maybe off for me. And that the, that part of the story is ringing a little hollow. Um, I, I would have rather get these turns from the character if we got to know him better, you know, but time is, is what it is. Um, but I really like the Ruby stuff. I really like the actress who, who plays the part and I like her character. Uh, I think the assault with the shoe, Oof. I am, ho- I am hoping that that is a sign of a dark turn in the character because it is so vicious it is really hard for me then it's not necessarily on on the, quite the same level as slitting the, the woman's throat, but it's going to be hard for me to get on board with her being a heroic character or at least a straight up heroic character without some inter, inner turmoil from this point on, you know, it just can't be a straight line. Um, so we'll see, uh, again, you know, and I, we, we got the code cracked. Next week looks like we're seeing what happens in Korea, so the plot is moving forward, and there's five episodes left, so, you know, that's good. Right, right. And that's actually a good point, Mike. Yeah, it, was it the scene with the style just a, a, a vengeance, fantasy, revenge, or is it actually to, intentional to show us that Ruby's becoming a dark character? Or it could actually be both, for that matter. Um, but, yeah, I, I do hope that it's it's ruby becoming a dark character or both rather than just a writer's fantasy revenge because then you're right it's it's tough to like the character because um it it was pure evil even if the character she did it to was arguably a flawed evil character too there's all sorts of things she could have done to me humiliate the man at that point she could have just left him tied up and 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 even so, she could have done more stuff to him, and I would have probably been okay with it because the guy 
I under, I could I could understand where her anger comes from. The guy, you know, clearly tried to uh, push himself on on on, on the woman. Um, yeah, I, so I, I I think we could have gotten on board maybe with a little bit of of revenge. But man, that was just that was that was just going way too far, and I'm really hoping they're not thinking that was a heroic moment. Yeah, I I thought that was yeah definitely overboard. Yep. All right, sounds good. All right, so I, I think we're all agreeable on that one. Um, so uh, what we got is uh, next week will be uh, past the midway point. We'll be on episode six, which will be uh, the 20th of September. Uh, so that will be uh, interesting as they go into the final stretch of season one or, or, or what we assume is season one, because you, you never know if, if, if anything ever is picked up anymore. Uh, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, next week, it's called Meet Me in Daegu. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. I haven't I haven't googled it yet. Uh, Helen Shaver is our director, written by Misha Green and someone named Kevin Lau. Uh, Helen Shaver is a Canadian actress, film, and television director. It says uh, she has received Emmy and Saturn Award nominations. Uh, so some of the things that she's been around for a long time. Uh, 1976 was her first um, uh, credit. A 69-year-old woman. Uh, let's see if she's done anything that we know. She did. She was an actress in Tre- Tremors 2, Aftershock. She played someone named Dr. Kate Riley. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, so you're familiar with that that character? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, she has done a lot of acting more than, than anything else, uh, his direction. Uh, but yeah, she's done a lot of television and small roles in TV and film. And then, uh, she's directed, uh, shows such as obviously Sno- Sno- Lovecraft country, but Snowpiercer, Westworld. Um, well, let's see what else. Vikings, orphan black, uh, All good shows. revolution, yeah, most certainly. Uh, Law and Order LA, uh, Castle, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, Jericho. Yeah, so, so Medium. Yeah, so, so she's been a, a fairly strong television director since the, the mid-90s. Yeah, so, um, so we'll get into more of that next week. So uh, hopefully uh, we didn't alienate anybody. We're just giving our opinions and critique of an episode in a TV show. And uh, hopefully you folks will join us next week. And whether you agree with us or not, we would definitely love to hear your feedback and we will read those emails on the podcast. As long as of course they're not trolling and vicious and their actual critique or your own opinions, what you agree or don't disagree with or whatever. And uh, until then, uh, Mike, why don't you leave us out? Uh, well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of travel guide to Lovecraft country. Please tune in next week when we cover the next episode. Oh, cinnamon, we're going to run to cinnamon. We're going to run to cinnamon. We're going to run to on
that day, far unto the rock, please hide me 